Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello and welcome to the Scummy Mummies podcast. It's me, Helen Thorne. And it's me, Ellie Gibson. And today we are joined by da 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 Kathy Lett. Hello, Kathy. <laughs> G'day. <laughs> we're having fairy bread and we're having mustics and we're having a lot of Australian delicacies because the Australian, the first female jockey just won the Melbourne Cup. That's right, we're having a, like a Melbourne Cup picnic in we Kathy are. Lett's kitchen. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's an Australian feast, a banquet, if you Indeed. will. Yeah. These, these are the delicacies. Yeah. Can you explain for the non-Australian listener what fairy bread is? Because I think it's my favourite in terms of how revolting it looks and how bad for you it is. It's white bread smothered in butter mm. and then with hundreds and thousands sprinkled all over oh, yeah. delicacy Ellie. yes it's what yeah. you have instead of wedding cake isn't it at your, yeah. at your Nigella wedding. would be having an orgasm right now <laughs> all over the, the kitchen table that's right she'd just be saying. like splashing her face yeah. in hundreds and thousands um, so so Kathy's an author a sitcom writer a mother an Australian and a Londoner She's a wearer of fabulous frocks, and she's basically the guru of everything. Oh, I like that. Yes. yes. Oh, the goddess, I prefer. Sorry. The oh. goddess of everything. Because gurus, I always think they probably have a third eye infection, if you yeah. really get to <laughs> finding out the gulf between their beliefs and their behaviours. Probably yes. like the Grand Canyon. You know? <laughs> no, if I have any gift at all, it's just putting down in words the way women um, talk when there's no men around, I suspect. That's... And also what they might be thinking, but might not necessarily have the chutzpah to say out yes. loud so I think that's all I've ever done especially when you won Radio 5 this summer at the cricket oh god Kathy talked about how how what was it the no they introduced the ball boxes first oh right yeah before 100 years before the helmet it took them 100 years to work out that the brains were also important yeah. <laughs> we're protecting yeah. and I know nothing about cricket I just happened to an Australian friend took me and we were in the box and we were quite tipsy when we did that <laughs> Then I got this call to come over to the media box and talk to Aggers, and I didn't even know who he was. Apparently, he's like he is, as famous he is. as the Queen. Yeah, yeah. And we were quite drunk. <laughs> and I was saying how I'd, I'd had marriages that lasted less time than a Test match, and I'm just being so rude about cricket. And and this went on for ages. And and Stephen Fry was in New York, and he texted me later saying, "Kathy, do you not realise you were in the presence of a god?" <laughs> You're like, who cares? I'm the goddess of everything. <laughs> Let's go with that. Including cricket. I don't think I'll be asked back. Oh, it was so lively because usually it just sounds like this. <laughs> and then here comes Kathy. We were talking about sex and marriage oh, and orgasms. 
we went off on a... Lovely. Agus had to have a cup of very strong herbal tea afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> Another fun fact uh, Helen looked up was that um, you uh, can be often found at Savoy drinking a cocktail that's named after you. Isn't, Isn't that, that fabulous? How I does love that, that come about I then? know. Well, in about 2003, I got a call from the Savoy saying, well, I'd like to be their writer in residence. And I'm like, gee, I don't know. You know I'm going to go shopping at Waitress. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, are you kidding? What do you want, my firstborn child? An eternal organ? So it was better than winning the Booker Prize. It was so fantastic. I had a three, uh, I had this beautiful suite, which was about £2,000 a night on the, on the, looking over the river. Wow. For two, it was supposed to be for three months, but they couldn't get rid of me. So it stayed for about four months. Let go of the furniture cabinet. I know, I know. I said, they should have weaned me off slowly. You know, they said, today you have to make your own bed. Because I just had to go cold turkey in the end. But I used you, to, you actually moved in there. But well, I had my kids were smaller. Right. My daughter was eleven, and my son was thirteen. So I kind of had to come and go. But right. they had their own room down the hall. Perfect. Yeah. And 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 Jeff was allowed to visit if if you know for conjugal visit if he <laughs> only if he'd been good otherwise. No. Yeah, no. Um, but I used to ring my girlfriends and say, "Ask me the time. Ask me the time." They go, "Why?" They just ask me the time. They say, "What's the time, Kath?" And I'd say, "I don't know. Let me just look out the window at Big Ben." <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was amazing, oh, and so like then they said it was. They yeah. said, "But I would I like to have my own cocktail?" So we put a lot of research into that. Oh, and in the end, we that. came up with Kathy Cassis, which is a kind of co- uh, champagne type cocktail with yeah. a bit of cassis and strawberries and stuff. Mm. But and then one of my writer friends was visiting me. Do you know Julian Barnes? Mm. Yeah, he's really lovely, but he's very uptight. He's kind of got pinstriped underpants. Yeah. <laughs> and he was visiting me, and I said, "Let's have my cocktail." And we're have, sipping away, and I said, I love having a cocktail, but I'm slightly worried about all the men who can go around town now saying that they've had me. <laughs> and he said, don't worry, Kathy, as long as they said that you went down rather well. <laughs> <laughs> For him, that was so risque. <laughs> oh, dearie <laughs> Deary me. <laughs> so, yeah, but it was great. And I still live there. I'm practically, oh. I've got a hammock in the bar. I think I... I'll take you both there. Oh, oh we like let's, let's take Joe Elvin. Yes. And yes. go and have a Not girls... Joe the baby, just Joe just Elvin. Just Joe Elvin. Go there and have a little girl's night. Yeah. Oh, oh, I love some champagne thing. swigging and some chandelier swinging. It's better than penicillin for women. Oh, Cheaper than it? a nervous breakdown. Girls' nights out is what keeps you sane, don't that's you think? That, yeah. yeah. That's and then I... after you've taken us to the Savoy to drink your cocktail, <laughs> we'll take you to Forest Hill Weatherspoons, where, <laughs> where you can drink uh, Helen's cocktail, the Mad Australian. <laughs> Yes. Well, that's a, it's a tautology. Yes. It's yeah. a fire 4X and an aftershock. It's a deal. Now, you live here in London with your two kids and your husband. Yeah. And you have cited one of your career highlights as teaching Stephen Fry a word. What I was the word? Did, I did. Isn't that brilliant? I must put that on my CV. <laughs> Misogynist. Misogynist. It's someone who hates marriage, an allergy to marriage. Oh. And he didn't believe me. We had to go and get the Oxford English Dictionary. Oh. Look, it was a moment of glory. Oh, my God. Let I would have done a little dance. Because that guy is Wikipedia with a pulse. Yeah. yeah. And I was so happy. And you know, Slightly more alive, of course. But yeah. yeah. And I left school at 16. I would yeah. say they have the only examination I've ever passed is, the, is my cervical smear test. <laughs> That's the one you do want to pass, mind you. But so that was a moment of triumph, I must say, yes. Oh, wow. Did you feel a bit smug, Cathy? Be to- honest. Where you're I had a smug. smug fest. Did he take it well, or was he one of those men who can't, who can't really handle it and did he go a bit take funny. it that well either <laughs> <laughs> but 
He's lovely and I adore him, but I don't think he was very pleased. <laughs> Proven and, wrong. Never. And, and I got an honorary doctorate some years ago from South, Solent Southampton University, which was the other highlight of my life. Because if you do leave school young... Yeah. You know, I always say I'm an autodidact. It's a word I taught myself, obviously, because I'm self-taught for anyone who doesn't know. But when I got, when they rang me up from Solent, Southampton, and said, what, what size head do you have? We need to measure it for the cat. And I was like, well, it was much smaller before you asked me that question. <laughs> and when I got that honorary doctorate cap, it's a kind of floppy yeah. cat. I, it was welded to my cranium. I wore it to the supermarket. Yeah. I wore it in the shower with a shower cap over it. <laughs> It was so, so exciting. Dr. Kathy, to you, thank you. Well, you know, you know how they actually call it? It's, a, it's, ri- it's written, see lit, I'm a clit. It's C dot lit. It's companion of literature. Oh, I am finally a feminist. Is there anything better than being now a, a, officially a clit? Can That's your husband I... find you? <laughs> oh, well said, well said. Oh, we don't want our husband to find it. Surely you can find it more interesting than our husband. <laughs> Okay, my companion of literature for me. <laughs> so you taught you taught Stephen Fry a word, and you taught Salman Rushdie the limbo. Is that correct? That is true. Well, in the dark days of the fatwa, it mm. was really bad, and he Gosh. was in hiding, and we were all terrified. And but Jeff was also his lawyer for a little while, and and we got death threats and things. And Scotland Yard came around and told us we should check for car bombs. And I was like, okay, what do Jeez. I do? And, and I thought they were going to give me some high-tech equipment. Scotland Yard said, tie a mirror to the broom and look under your car every day. Have you ever looked under a car? Everything under a car looks like a car bomb. <laughs> <laughs> to me, everything. Yes. I'm like, that's really helpful. It all looks Thanks. like it could explode at any minute. But we used to have a lot of kind of parties to try and cheer him up because it was really scary and horrible yeah. at the time. So I used to have, you know, games nights and party nights and... Yes, making the English get frivolous and fun, and all the literati. They're not very good at, at diving in the shallow end, so I had to put their little intellectual armbands on. <laughs> and we used to have, yes, I used to, I did teach him to do the, the limbo. He was very good, actually. Oh, quite, he's quite bendy. <laughs> A bendy, rusty. And it sure did take the edge off that fat one. <laughs> Well, now it's... I think it's a thin one now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, no, he's no longer kind of on the yeah, top one. It's lost a lot of weight. <laughs> yeah. But he was very he's, got, he's on the paleo. <laughs> he's on the... Yeah, exactly. He's on the literary paleo. But he was very, very brave during, during, during all that ordeal. Mm. He was great. Mm. Do you mean very learning funny. the limbo? <laughs> yes, exactly. And coming to my parties. <laughs> you're not dead. You're Terrible not dead. Deal. You're not dead. Oh, but you're well-read. You're well-read. You're well-read. <laughs> Exactly. Because the winters are so long. Mm. You've got to drink Australians, through it. you can't get used to it. I mean, you're used to it because you, you know, raised here, but we yeah. can't get... So mm. in the winter, sometimes we have... I have beach parties inside. Oh. I get sand and I get a little indoor barbie and we turn the heating up really high and everybody wears their, their budgie smugglers. <laughs> that sounds ace. <laughs> and, their, and their cozies and we do da- bad dancing to men at work and that oh. kind of stuff. You're coming next yeah, time. Yeah, I am. <laughs> Just to keep ourselves safe. Yeah, in yeah. your budgie smugglers. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I of my, my jokes I do as a stand-up, I said, oh, it was Australia Day recently, so I wanted to make it special for the kids, so I turned the heating up to 40 degrees, drank some Fosters, and was really racist all day. Yeah. <laughs> just wanted to create the magic of my child. It's about them learning about their culture, isn't I know, it? Yeah. I know, I yeah. know. Just make it special. <sighs> I was going to do a little thing to you, actually, um, for the podcast. Oh, okay. And it's to uh, a Kylie Minogue song, because she's oh. Australian, and a friend of Kathy's, and it goes like this. It's got to be... Got to be Kathy. It's got to be 
<laughs> misled. Yeah, she does this. I, I like it. <laughs> it's podcast 60 and we're celebrating and she's the best podcast guest that we could get. <laughs> At short notice. <laughs> Well, I think that's got top 40 written all over it. I'm surprised you didn't go for, I should be so Kathy, 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 I should be so Kathy, yes. <laughs> we can get a whole album. I, I think, think so. Can you pitch it to Kylie for I'm going to pitch yeah. it, totally. Yeah. <laughs> right, so, so tell us about your family, Kathy. Right. Well, um, I have a gorgeous daughter who's 22, who's Brainiac, and I have a son who's 24 who's got autism, so that's a whole other... That's a whole other chapter. Mm-hmm. But when I first uh, wrote, lived in England and I was pregnant, I wrote a book called Mad, Fetal Attraction and then Mad Cows. And at the time, nobody was talking about the fact that motherhood is such a nightmare. This is pre-mum's net. Yeah, and, and I honestly thought when I wrote that book that um, that, that might be the end of my career mm. because I was honest about how awful it is a lot of the time. Yeah. And that, I think as far as I know, it was the first book that took the idea that motherhood's the ultimate fulfilment for a female, mm. took that, that sacred cow and yeah. whacked it on the barbecue. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then I got so many letters from other mothers saying, oh, thank God someone's alone. Thank God someone's talking about yeah. the fact that sometimes you're so bored doing creative things with Play-Doh, you can see your own plants engaging in photosynthesis. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and sometimes you want to grow a yeast infection as a change of pace. Yeah. <laughs> Makes a change from cress on cotton wool, doesn't it? Oh, my yeah. God, something different. Because <laughs> I kept meeting these... Um, at the time, a lot of English women... I lived in Islington at the time, which is very PC... And I used to meet women, I'd say, oh, my God, I'm going insane. I just want to put the kids under the sink and the lethal household substances within my own reach. And instead of saying, oh, absolutely, sit here, drink that gin and tonic, they'd look at me and say, oh, have you thought about therapy? You know, and I, so I thought for a long time maybe I was the only mother yeah. not coping. Yeah, because yeah. there was this big veneer of silence mm. about the true horrors. Of course, now everybody strips off to their emotional Oh, we won't shut up, will we? We won't stop moaning about it. <laughs> but honestly, at the time, <laughs> yeah. it was still a taboo. Yeah. So, yeah. No, so, it, was all, it was all, you know, aprons and pristine things. And, oh. Oh. and Why even do you think that was? Why do you think it was, it was such a taboo then? Well, first of all, all the women authors we love, the whole literary canon from um, Jane Austen and the Brontes, Edith Sitwell, Gertrude Stein, Simone de Beauvoir, Germaine Greer, all that wonderful feminist literary role model, none of them had children. So it wasn't something that was expressed much in literature Mm. or in non-fiction. Um, And also we were coming out of the 80s where everyone had gone a bit hippie and a bit kind of, you know, and the 90s, which was all kind of earth mother again. And you weren't even allowed to say that you you wanted to have a cesarean or that you, you know, it was all about doing it naturally, (laughs) natural childbirth, you know, which is a case of stiff upper labia. (laughs) I used to think, I've done drugs all my life. Why stop now? (laughs) So it was kind of, you were seen to have let down the maternal mafia if you Mm. didn't have a natural childbirth. There was Mm. a lot of pressure to do it the right way and yeah. to breastfeed and you know all that sort of stuff so luckily now it's it's much more relaxed and it's all about choice I, but you know, time, some of that is terrible. still there though I think to a much lesser degree but like we've talked about this on the podcast where I've written about this but I think there's still there's now this new sort of emphasis on you must have your baby at home because that's natural and that's the best way oh, and God, I, I had a lot of wait. pressure oh, from my oh, own midwife really? to do that yeah she, even when I was in labour 
at ha- in my house going, I want to go to hospital, I want to have an epidural. She was saying, oh, it's not time, it's not time. You could still have the baby at home, you know. And I was like, I don't want to have the baby at home. I want to go to somewhere where there are men in white coats with drugs. Or women, women in white or coats. Women, or women. <laughs> well, actually, I was home for a, a lunatic asylum as well. <laughs> Um, it's a traditional okay it could be women could be women. yeah it's like um, wait do you want the full epidural wait me when it's over and the hairdresser's here approach yeah. 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 mother nature is a bad midwife mm. for god's sake one woman dies every three minutes in childbirth in the developing world mm. this is yeah. not something to just do at home no yeah. and they don't emerge out of St Mary's like Princess Kate did right. with her hair blow dried in a right. pair of heels which set of hair was it <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, stretching your vagina the customary five kilometres is a massive ordeal and not to be taken yeah. lightly in any way. Yeah. And it's prehistoric. It's Stone mm. Age what happens to you in that birthing ward. And yet women mm. weren't talking about it. Mm. I suppose if you did talk about it too much, it would be the end of the human race. Yeah. 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 You, can't, you can't scare them off too much. Yeah. <laughs> We've got to keep reproducing. That's right. And I also <laughs> used to make me laugh. My husband used to say to me, you didn't want to be there at the birth. And I kept saying, I don't want to be there. <laughs> But then when it comes in, you'll be there when it comes out. Yeah. Right? But I don't know about... Did you girls go to the birthing class with the little guru at the front? We, I mm. did NCT, I did, yeah. yeah. And I, I couldn't really get on with it. I was just like, oh... We, I, I, I sort of always say the attitude of, it's just, it's going to happen and it's going to get out one way or the other and we just have to hope that everybody's fine at the end of it. Exactly. <laughs> I feel like looking at more diagrams of how big my vagina's going to get is not really going to help anybody. No, but did you not notice how the men took over when the little guru at the front said, who's having a natural childbirth all the men put their hands up <laughs> and you're like you know, they need an epidural to get their ingrown toenail <laughs> I always say that hypochondria is Greek for man <laughs> Well, my yes. husband complained halfway through my labour that he was tired because <gasps> he'd done a whole day at work. And I'd, I'd been labouring for about 14 hours. Mm. Uh, and, and he's still alive? Yeah, yeah, and he still has working fingers, oh. which is a surprise, <laughs> Kathy. Oh, oh. Is, <laughs> and both, both balls as well. <laughs> I think you just, yeah, they're not attached to him anymore. No. <laughs> In a nice jar. With I think you should wear them as ear ornaments. Yes. <laughs> So, or use them as maracas. Yeah. Or, yeah. or, or a stress ball. Or name them, Hugo. This was for ball. you and Matilda. This was when you were born. I think a stress ball is yeah. great. Yeah. 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 I love those of him coming in after work and you're just sitting in the dark with a bollock in each hand. <laughs> Welcome home, honey. Oh, Dinner's in the bin. <laughs> and your wife's head is in the oven. <laughs> Oh, oh. We've got all our products to produce now, Ellie. I think we're going yeah. to branch out. <laughs> Absolutely. I think the testicle stress ball is a brilliant oh. idea. What, what woman wouldn't want a pair of those? Oh, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, we've got to market those. That's brilliant. That's it. Let's we've got two started. ideas already. Yeah, that's a it. Third, a third, a third, Kathy. Don't get greedy. Just stay down. Let's get it straight right from the off, okay? Absolutely. We'll go on Dragon's Den. Yeah, yeah. Duncan will go for it, I'm sure. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> So your your children are grown up now. So you've you've done the whole thing from sort of infancy to teenage and all. What for you? And I have the wrinkles to prove it. <laughs> look at my face, read between my lines. Right? <laughs> when, when you look back, what was the what was the toughest phase for you? The t- uh, the really tough thing for for mothers is when their teenage daughter comes along when she gets taken hostage by her hormones. If you if you've got two boys, haven't you? Yeah, and they're you, both very I have a girl. So yeah, yes. got, okay. And the oldest girl as well. So yeah. Right. How old is she? Seven. Okay. I'm warning you right now <laughs> that she will hate you. They get and it's awful. Yeah. You know, as a mother you've done everything for that child. Mm. You've unpicked their pea stained shoelaces with your teeth. 
Yeah. <laughs> you've run, you know, trays up to their bedrooms for nothing more serious than a stubbed toe. Mm. You, you've sucked snot out of their nose when they were congested. You've done everything. Yeah. And then suddenly... Speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you've probably done worse. <laughs> Whatever. I'm yeah. just saying you, you, yeah. you, you take you, a bullet for them. Yeah. And then they reject you. And yeah. it's like... It's, and they lo- keep loving their fathers. The father's oh. on the parental pedestal. And it absolutely kills you. They hate their mothers. Mm. From 13 on, they get taken hostage by their hormones. And I think it's because they have to define themselves by breaking away from the mother, but yeah. it really hurts. Oh, God. I always say it's yeah. like living with the Taliban. You're not allowed to laugh, sing, dance, or wear short skirts. Right. <laughs> and if I get to the front door, I'd be going down the front door, and I'd be going out in a leopard skin miniskirt. And I'd get the mother, and open the door, and then I'd hear... And she'd come up and she'd say, what are you wearing? Go back to your room and change immediately. You're not going out dressed like that. <laughs> and I said to her one day, but surely I can wear a short skirt. My legs are still okay. Yeah. And she said, it's not the skirt, mum. The skirt doesn't go with your face. Ouch! <gasps> now that's the kind of common. Oh. Did you go out anyway? Did you do a Of course big... I did. Of course yours. I did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she wanted to ground me. Okay. But, you know, <laughs> but my friend Penny Mortimer gave me a fantastic survival tip when her daughter went feral. Mm. Um, her daughter was kicking her and hitting one, hitting her one day and saying, I wish you'd just die. If that happens, you take a big drag on a cigarette and a big gulp of wine and say, I'm doing my best, darling. <laughs> I think that's the best. All I can say to women with teenage daughters is keep drinking. Yeah. Because that, yeah. that is the hardest, most heartbreaking phase. Mm. But they do come out the other side. Yeah, they come back, don't they? Yeah, the mm. trick is to stay friends with their friends because when they're dissing oh. you and saying, when they say, I hate my mother, she's blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and their friends are going, oh, really? I think she's quite cool. I think yeah. she's quite nice. So getting in. It's a bribery. In, yeah. Yeah. Bribery and I might borrow that leopard skin miniskirt off her. I'd have been tempted to go, it doesn't go with my face. No problem. I'll simply take it off. And just go out. And you're only knickers. Now you're embarrassed. Now you're embarrassed. I'll wear it on my head. I love that. I love that. No, but my daughter's great now. She came out the other side and she's then she suddenly stopped wearing the orange fake tan and the and the straightened weird hair and discovered her brain and mm. went on to become she got a double first in politics and history and now she's a radical. Every every protest you see in London, she's probably organised. Yeah. So she's at the barricades. But you know, I'll be at the Savoy with my girlfriends having champagne, I'll see a protest going down. <laughs> And I, I rang one day and I said, "Oh, darling, I can see you protesting. I'm in the Savoy with with the girls having with um, Ruby Wax and Sandy Toxvig and making shampoos. Why don't you pop in for a glass of champagne?" <laughs> and I hear her saying to her friends, "Look away, look away, oh, darling. Yeah. I'm like the socialite and the socialist. It's incredibly this unfair. Something very yes, I was going to say. Very but the other funny thing is, Georgie, my daughter, my darling friend Kylie Minogue, has always given Georgie her cast-off clothes because mm. she's the only one who can fit into oh, them. Wow. So she is at the barricades, but she is wearing cast-off Dolce yeah. & Gabbana. It's not such a normal. She's been fabulous while she's yeah, protesting, yeah, exactly. which is good. She's sending those gold hot pants off to Calais. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Help them out. <laughs> I used to walk past Kylie's hot pants because I used to work at the <laughs> National Gallery in Victoria and next to the Art Centre, which is part of the collection. So on my way to work, I'd walk through the Art Centre to the NGV and I'd go past Kylie's hot pants. I love Australian culture. <laughs> it's so rich. The National Gallery, a pop star's pants. <laughs> like, hi, Kylie's, hi, Kylie's, hi, Kylie's shorts. Pants. <laughs> 
Oh, um, now I was going to ask you because you because you are so wonderfully candid and open. Has that mean your children are very open back with you no, now? No, God, no. That's the other thing. I thought when because when we were growing up, when I was growing up, the the gulf between the genera- generation gap was Grand Canyon wide. Yeah, you know, like parents had no idea why their garden hoses were getting shorter. They thought their garden <laughs> hoses were shrinking because we were cutting them to make bombs. Yeah, yeah. yeah and then all these fathers walking around the suburbs scratching their heads, going, "What is happening? Why is my garden hose shrinking?" No, they didn't. They didn't have any idea what we were doing. So when Puberty Blues came out, that's a book I wrote when I was seventeen mm. with a girlfriend about the surfy cult in Australia growing up, you know, in the backs of panel vans and very mm. tribal. I was reading the set scene actually last night. Oh my god! <laughs> I literally got just having a flick. Yeah, yeah, just having a flick. Oh. Thanks, Ellie. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, it wouldn't excite you. <laughs> These are men who, who thought sex drive meant doing it in the car. I always say, <laughs> when I talk about them, I say it's because they, they, they saw the sign on the rear vision mirror that says objects in this mirror may be larger than they are. <laughs> but anyway, it was pretty brutal, actually. Mm. It was a brutal initiation into teenhood. Um, but there were two books sold in every house because Kai used to tell me later when, when we met in London that she and Danny had copies under the... They used to read it with a torch under the bedspread at yeah. night. And upstairs, parents were reading it. So the kids were reading it going, oh, my God, that's my life. And the parents were upstairs reading it going, oh, my God, is that their life? <laughs> Um, but it was it was a big Grand Canyon generation gap. So with mm. our children, we thought we'd be so close and we yeah. could talk about everything. But no, they don't want it. No. I mean, I used to try and talk to my daughter about periods. She only wanted to use the word period next to the, the word Hellenic or Jurassic. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I wanted yeah. to talk about mucus viscosity and, you know, G-spots and everything. No, no. Shut up, shut up. They run screaming for the hills, so it doesn't quite work out that way. Although my son is autistic. He's very frank and open and mm. candid. Because um, autistic people have no filter. They say whatever they're thinking. Which is wonderful in many situations. Except, you know, when they start having sex and they, he tells me every single detail. It's like, well, oh. too much information for any Mummy loves you, but not like that. No, and I'm running screaming for the hills, so it's kind of good payback for me, yeah. you know. But, oh. So you, did you have both your kids here in England? I had Jules in Australia, mm-hmm. and then I had Georgie here. Yeah, at the Lin- Georgie was at the Lindo Wing. Oh, Dying. very nice. Yes, that's You're right. Ro- we're royal fannies of grace. That, that's exactly <laughs> right. And I think I had the royal obstetrician. I kept thinking, oh, where well, your hands have been. Oh, what he has seen. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, that's very nice. Because, yeah, I had, well, I had my, both of mine at home. And all my Australian, yeah, both all my Australian friends and my mother and my mother-in-law were just like, you can't have babies at home. Because Australia's very, you know, having you go medical to, intervention, yeah, yeah, and you go for five days and stuff. And I was like, oh no, I just had a baby and then had some avocado on toast afterwards. <laughs> a a placenta, yeah, placenta rubbed yeah. in there, placenta pate, little fry up, yeah, yeah. nice. Oh, how was it having the baby at home? Oh, fine. I think I think you I've just got those mother you. Lazy. Uh, lazy. I lazy. like my couch. I like my too home. Too lazy to pack an overnight bag. That's right. That's too lazy right. to have drugs like normal people. <laughs> <laughs> but I love... Well, later. But the breastfeeding, the only, I breastfed both of them for nine months mm. only because you got so much reading done. Yeah. you could go to your room, if you, if you lie on the side with your tip propped up on a pillow mm. and put the baby's head on the pillow and you put the book... I read. That's when I read all the classics. Because oh. people would say, don't go in, she's breastfeeding. Hours would go by. <laughs> Still going. Mind you, my nipple. 
but so long. Oh. It's like, what's that instrument? It's called a juice harp or something. Yeah. <laughs> Mine are like clothes pegs. They're yeah. just like, or like jump leads. That yeah. has <laughs> That's a good look. You know, <laughs> yeah. Such a good look. But I did get to read all yeah. the classics. I get a lot of Facebook done on my iPhone. <laughs> yeah. I really get through an awful lot. I would advise all women to be meals on, I call it meals on heels. Just so you can get... Some, some oh, work done. Absolutely, yeah, that's right. I've yeah. got a lot of a lot of telly yeah. watched as well. And we used to do breast squirting competitions too. <laughs> the kitchen, Jeff, because Jeff, my husband's a judge, yeah, a lawyer and a judge. He'd judge with his gavel. <laughs> Small breasts can actually squirt the furthest. I love the fact that baby Joe has chewed your questions in half. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah, in fact, that thing about baby talk when when you when your girls arrived and I was going, oh little baby, oh gooey. And you feel so sort of stupid, but actually, yeah. it is what makes babies, you know, develop. Yeah. And a friend of mine who's a pediatrician in Hollywood was complaining to me that the ba- a lot of the babies he was seeing were not meeting their developmental milestones. Mm-hmm. And he was saying they, they're worried that the kids are having, the mothers are having too much smoked salmon. Is it carcinogenic? Is it? And I said, you idiot! It's the Botox. Mm. Because when I'm looking at your baby Joe, and I'm going, I'm a little baby, and I'm going. <laughs> my face up yeah. the women with Botox the mothers are looking at their baby going I love you <laughs> and the face is not moving and the baby's Mom's looking so up happy. going uh, uh, uh. there's no facial expression no. I think that's what's going wrong <laughs> many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plush care PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. That's it. Well, going back to Australia, let's talk about accents then, because you recently wrote a piece about how... Um, what was it, Helen? Because you oh, always say, like, you're... My 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 uh, line in my stand-up is that like uh, I'm Australian. I don't choose to speak like this. Nobody would. It's like the batteries are running low in my mouth. <laughs> and um, but then last week, an academic came out and said we sound like drunks. Or that he, yeah, his yeah. theory is that the reason we speak in a kind of drawly, mumbly way is that our ancestors were drunk all the time mm. and that just became <laughs> the, the way it influenced our entire vernacular, yeah. Yeah. which is a, a hysterical theory. I do sound more Australian the more I drink. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that. And I feel like it would also explain the natural bond that English people and Australians have. <laughs> exactly. I think we hear in your accent something we're just innately responsive to and recognise. You know. Granny, are you there? <laughs> but I think we talk that way because, first of all, it's too hot to right. say the whole word so yeah. we tend to shorten everything so mosquito becomes mozzie costumes cozy a sick day is a sickie yeah. her majesty's her madge 
and vaginas also, are bad. Vaginas are bad. And also, if you open your mouth too wide, some terrible insect will go in and yeah. bite you in some terrible way. Sorry, at least we speak English in Australia, because in England, I think you speak euphemism. Right. So when I first lived here, I needed those little United Nations headphones to disciple yeah. people say to me, because they used to always say to me, Hey, Australians, you're so refreshing. <laughs> See, she knows that's funny. Yeah. I, I thought they meant that. Yeah. Thought, oh, they really like me. They mean you're rude. That means rack off, you loudmouth yeah. colonial nymphomaniac. <laughs> and I'd be like, how do they call me a loudmouth? Please, have my standards. <laughs> it took me ages to work that out. Like when they say, do stay for another drink, that means piss off. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it, it takes ages. Really? To cut. Yeah. Oh, she yeah. doesn't know yet. I've left Dilly's house for two years. <laughs> And when I say do you for save another drink, I really, yeah, really want no. you to stay and no, have no, a please. Favorite. And then people start packing their bags like, no, please. <laughs> and if Australians want you to go, they just say, okay, I'm tired, bugger off. Yeah, yeah. I've had so, enough. Yeah, life's too short to be subtle in Australia. You know, we're just too hot to be subtle and it's kind of better in a way. Yeah. I See, I think I may be Australian because I do tell people to leave my house. I, have, I really hate to go, anyway, I'm going to bed. Well, <laughs> I've got some emails to send. You're, a, you're an honorary Aussie. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, you're a closet Aussie. <laughs> Right. Whereas I think you're more polite than me like that. Maybe maybe I just counteract. Maybe we counteract each other. That's it. We face yeah. each other out yeah. yet again. I know. But <laughs> I must say there's lots of great things about living here too. First of all, I love the British sense of humour, which is very similar to ours. We mm. grew up on Monty Python, Milligan, you know, Jane yeah. Austen. We've all got that mental topography in common. Mm. Um and, and I do think the sense of humour here is just brilliant. I mean, if you go to a London dinner party, the banter... It's like being at the Wimbledon of wit, mm. the banter being lobbed back and forth at speed. I yeah. love all of that. And I love the fact that all the galleries are free and mm. incredible galleries. I mean, God, you conquer the great indoors here. Mm. But what I do know Hey, we don't have Kylie's hot pants, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. Um, I was going to say that what, what amazes me about my English friends, they don't go to all the galleries. I see every exhibition. Mm. I mean, I take advantage of it. Yeah, A lot yeah. of my English friends are so used to it. Oh, you still get excited. I can't oh, yes. lose that excitement. I'm like, I'm in Europe. <laughs> in Europe? Yeah, I'm in Europe. You know, you can go to the National Gallery or you can go to the Tate. Every hour on the hour, some mm. volunteer meets you under the clock mm. and takes you to look at five or six paintings and tells you about it, all for free. Yeah. You can just go and look at a Turner painting whenever mm. the mood takes you, mm. which I think is remarkable mm. and also Australia should have been a disaster it's the world big, world's biggest open prison mm. people who came there was considered the dregs of society and look what they what we turned it into and can I just say my ancestor was on the first fleet and the second fleet another one so I am we have inverted snobbery in Australia if you can right. trace yourself back yeah. to the first fleet you're like royalty so I am right, the creme de la creme I call myself <laughs> I want you to know you're in the presence of majesty. Um, well, now, should we move to book chat, Ellie? Book chat! Book chat! chat. Yeah, book chat! We love lots of book chat. Now, Kathy has written many, many novels, and you've been translated into 17 different languages. Is that right? It's a scary thought, isn't it? It is. What languages? I always say to the translator, too, don't be too literal. You know, <laughs> go, for the, go for the gist of the joke. I write funny feminism, mm. so every, all my books are all about women coming out on top. But I try to get the feminist message across with as much 
humour. I think if you can disarm with charm, you've got mm. a well. You girls know this because you do it on stage. Yeah. You've got a much better chance of getting your message across than if you yeah. mount your high horse and gallop off into the sanctimonious sunset. Mm. Don't you think? So you started writing when you were very young, when you were a teenager, or even yeah. younger than that. Was well, it? It's much cheaper than therapy. <laughs> very, very, very young. The puberty blues was actually written for our girlfriends at the time because you know when you're young, you have no objectivity about what's happening to you. You mm. think that's normal to be treated like a, a, a life support system to a pair of breasts or a, a mm. vagina. That's yeah. what we were, really. Yeah. And and you don't have any idea that that's a horrible, brutal, nasty, um, tribal treatment. We're laughing about it, but actually it's horrible to think that the sexism is so innate in the language that, mm. sti- that a, a man who's sexually active is still seen as a love god, Lothario, a stud muffin, a mm. Romeo, a spunk rat. Yeah. A woman with the same sexual appetites is still a slut, a tart, a tramp, a mole. You know, I always say how it's what, like, you know, when men, men want women to be so virginal, it's like when they say to you, you know, am I the first man to make love to you? To which the woman replies, of course. I don't know why you men keep asking the same silly question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm obsessed with your baby. Hello, Joe, you are so beautiful. It's going to lick your leg in a minute, I think. Sorry about this. I don't mind at all. It's gorgeous. (laughs) Now, we were talking earlier about um, when when you're writing, and you said you can write anywhere. Mothers, I mean, I I think that any woman who finishes a novel should just get the book prize. Yeah. Any mother. Yeah. Because it's so much harder for us. All the male authors I know, they go, they're the attic. Mm. Their wives bring them up little sandwiches. Yeah. And say, shh. Daddy's working. Jimmy's at work. <laughs> and as a mum, mm. if you get an hour between, you know, taking to that, to that <laughs> yeah, and you know, or, or even bailing one out of prison and mm. rescuing the the babysitter who's being dragged up the stairs between your daughter's teeth, you know, you you write then. You just yeah, learn yeah. to write any. Yeah. And mothers do not get writer's block. There's no, no time for writer's no, block. It's a joy. <laughs> To get to your desk, isn't it? You just can't wait to get five minutes without going ooh and ah. Yeah. So that's it. When we sit down to write our, our shows, yeah, we, we can't sit there and go, I'll oh, just read the paper and make a bacon sandwich. And we go, we've you know, got two hours. Two hours. Like, be funny. Right. Yeah. Like five minutes sketch, bitch. Come on. That's right. Be but, hilarious. But it does annoy me that the, the women's literature is not taken as sort of seriously. Even it sounds ridiculous saying comic literature should be taken seriously. Mm. But the things we write about. You know, it, men tend to write more about war and famine. Mm. But for us, you know, our, our war ground, our battleground, mm. is still often the domestic sphere. Yeah. Mm. Look at yes, Joe trying to talk over you now. Totally yeah. agree with yeah. us. Yeah. yeah. Stop trying right. to mansplain what she's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and also we don't get reviewed to the same extent. Yeah. Um, we don't. It's, it's just, it still is a man's world and, mm. in literature, which is ironic because women buy books. It's women. Yeah. And buying fiction, mm. so that that's another battle we have to fight. And also, in this, on the cinema front, it's even worse. I mean, eighty-five percent of films that come out of Hollywood star a male protagonist. Yeah, eighty-five yeah. percent. It's just ridiculous. So our stories aren't being told, mm. um, and it's yeah, it's infuriating. But to add it to the list, right? Yes, let's make that list. <laughs> yeah, I, you, I just want to go around town throwing, throwing tampons at people. So well, that is a luxury item. <laughs> <laughs> Once you finish your drinking, you're the boy. <laughs> And you know what's well, 
tampon cannon. Just doof, doof, doof. Yeah, I know. It's so friggin' tempting, isn't it? Oh, a luxury God. item. They do look like bullets, so. Yeah, I know. But it's, it's made to be so crazy, that. Because tampons are the best invention in the world. They're freedom with strings attached. Mm. Financial strings, unfortunately, because they're a luxury item. Yes. And other things aren't, like pistachios aren't a luxury item. What? Uh, no. Oh, well, those are the fanny and fanny. It's very hard to get them out again. Then. That's, I know. The that's what I thought. I thought, let's just bleed everywhere. Yeah. Bleed all over the tube, bleed mm. all over the yeah. boardroom, mm. and stick a couple of pistachios up your fanny and see how yeah. long it takes before they take the, ta- take the tax <laughs> we off. Should, we should just, yeah, just go. No, I love writing. Mm. I mean, I absolutely cannot wait to get to my desk every day. I have books circling in my mind like, like planes waiting to land at Heathrow. Yeah. And it's just about which one do I want to write. In, in the past, I always wrote the book I wish I'd had when I was going through something. Mm. So whether it was, you know, trying to find a man in Sydney who, who wasn't married or gay, you know, the single years, or married yeah. and gay, I should say. Or, you know, that was, then it was being pregnant, then it was, you know, childbirth, then it was what it was really like being a mother, and then it was like what it was like raising children, what it was like raising a teenager, and raising a, a boy with autism, you know, the menopause, marriage, whatever was driving me crazy, yeah. and whatever I'd survived, the book was almost like, a survival guide I was passing on <laughs> yes. to my sisters to yes. say, this is what it's really like, you know. <laughs> yes. So um, that's what's always kind of motivated mm. me. As I said, it's cheaper than therapy. And also just wanting to tell the truth to other mm. women about what they need, you know, how they can get through it. And, it's, and it sounds so silly because we, we get people writing to us all the time saying, thank you for making this film. Oh, thank you. Oh, that's listening, great. Listening to your podcast is like being at the pub with friends. Lovely. And if you're, if you're out breastfeeding at, you know, 3am in the morning and you can listen to our podcast and still feel like <laughs> you're, you're with your sweary drunken mates. Um, but that's, that's you just want to know you're not alone. Yeah. You just want to know that other women feel the same way. And mm. that is just so comforting. Yeah. And that's the nicest compliment we've ever had. Yeah. I totally say, agree. You make me feel normal. Like, oh, that's, I know. Oh, say it again. Say it again. I'm totally, well, I mean, we three have bonded. I'm sorry, but we're, we're friends now. Oh, yeah. forever and <laughs> ever. Let's do a blood pack. Let's do a blood pack. Have you got a knife? Well, as we've been talking about tampons, we have to do vaginal <laughs> As I said, I've always written the book that I wish I'd had when I was going through something or whatever was driving me mad, but it was building up a head of steam on. Mm. And the last book I wrote, Courting Trouble, was a little bit different in that the thing that was burning me up was that every time I opened the newspaper, uh, there'd be I'd read about child abduction, schoolgirl abductions, female genital mutilation, rapes, violence, child brides honour killings and I started to think there's a war on women Mm. what is going on Mm. and I thought how can I address all of this as I'm a comic writer yeah but also um, make the point that women need to sort of band back together and say enough now Mm. so I did something a little bit different in that instead of writing kind of really drawing on everything autobiographical I I invented the world's first mother-daughter Barrister solicitor, two-person boutique feminist law firm. Where they, <laughs> Why isn't this a thing? Thank you. <laughs> where they only take on women's cases and women's causes. Yeah. So what that meant is I could have a lot of comic odd couple capering yeah. between the mother and the daughter, and but I can also run a serious court case through each book, and I, that's when I thought I am going to make up this this world where I can be very funny mm. and girl talking and bantery, but also be absolutely outraged and, and angry about mm. the way women are treated in the judiciary. I mean, imagine in a murder trial saying, oh, it was consensual death. She asked for it. 
you know, it's so insane. Yeah. And because I've been around the legal world a long time because my husband's a human rights lawyer and my best friend is Helena Kennedy, mm. who's a human rights lawyer. Amazing. The book's dedicated to her because she's Aww. promised to get me off when I kill my first book critic. <laughs> like every author needs a woman like Back that. Back me up, Helena. Anyway, so that's what I'm doing. And now I'm writing another book now, a kind of sequel to The Boy Who Fell to Earth, which was about... That was my semi-autobiographical novel about what it's like raising a child with autism. But it's funny. I tried mm. to make it as funny as I could because, you know, if you don't laugh and the world laughs with you, you cry and you get salt in your martini, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Courting Trouble out now. Well, all your books are out now and they can buy them uh, from lots of online retailers. Yes. <laughs> oh, well done. Yes, the ones who pay their tax. Yeah, exactly. We've <laughs> got a big thing about not promoting certain retailers. Socialist, uh, yes. darling. I am so with you. Absolutely. <laughs> Even though that's why we get our na- where we get our nappies. Should we move to girl talk, Illy? Girl talk. Girl, girl talk. talk. Do you like that? I like that. Girl talk. <laughs> girl talk. <laughs> We've Ellie and Kathy. <laughs> I've got a little book out right now called oh, Girl Talk. Oh, it's a station, little stationery book with all my quips and things oh, in it. Yes. <laughs> because even though men are more are physically stronger, women are more verbally dexterous. You know, oh. we use about three hundred fifty more words in our daily vocabulary than blokes do. Mm-hmm. And I think if a in my house it's wanker, wanker, wanker. <laughs> uh, I'm not talking about when you're brain dead breastfeeding. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but I always think you know if, if a man is being sexist to you, if you can just you can decimate him with a quick one liner. Yeah, make others laugh at him you totally take his power away yeah now one of one of your wonderful one-liners or a really amazing quote is you say women are each other's human Human wonder wonder bras uplifting supportive and making each other look bigger and better oh and i totally we've proved that today (laughs) haven't we yeah which one's the left and which one's the right (laughs) because i have three sisters so and i'm really close to them and a wonderful mother yeah so i feel nothing but love for female kind and i have amazing girlfriends all around the world And, I, you know, we were talking before about how it's still a man's world, women only getting 75 pence in the pound, still getting concussion, hitting our head on a glass ceiling, and we're supposed to clean it while we're up there, etc., etc. So we need our women friends more than ever. And mm. the Women's Equality Party's just started. I'm a founder I'm member. A, I'm a member. Yay! Yay. Ooh, what's I'm what? too tired to fill out a form. <laughs> <laughs> we do understand. Yes, We've been there. But I like—I really love that idea about the bras, and I think there are there are also wonder bras, but they're also like there's the old and comfy bra friends, and there's That's the sports right. bra friends, and then there's the sexy going out bra That's friends. That's right. And I thought, yes, all my friends are, are different, wonderful bras, and ones that have been around forever, but you can yeah. never get rid of them because they bring back too many memories. And you're like, <laughs> yeah, for me, you're like. Sort of like a bra, but you're like those little pasties that strippers wear that just go over the nipples. Because with you, I always feel like I can just show myself completely. But I'm also really saggy and dangling about. <laughs> only, only women would understand this analogy. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's a great analogy. And the listeners are, uh, are missing out on some wonderful hand gestures as we, um, as we talk. And boob flashing. Yes. <laughs> I'm oh. so sorry, Kathy. <laughs> Ellie, Ellie flashed her nipples at Jane Garvey for at least 10 minutes when yeah. we were at uh, the BBC. And to the point where Jane Garvey actually had to say, you do know your nipples are hanging out. And I just go, oh, I, ha- I didn't, sorry. <laughs> I used to, when I was breastfeeding, if, if there was ever I was at a dinner party or anywhere and I was feeding and someone, a man made some comment, mm. it's just fabulous because then you just flick the nipple out and just squirt them right <laughs> Take aim and fire. 
Really? That, that's a top like a female tier. bond. Yeah. That's gorgeous. The assassinator. Oh. Yeah. Yes, I know that's your coffee. I thought you wanted a latte. Uh, no. <laughs> You're getting one now. <laughs> Uh, yes, oh, that was one of my favourite lines of yours about this one. That's oh, yeah. amazing. I adore, oh, let me read it. What have you written there? I adore men, especially naked, but until women get equal pay, feel totally entitled to comically kneecap them occasionally. Absolutely. That's I mean, people, sometimes, sometimes people say that to me, oh, the, the men in your novel come off so badly. <laughs> but that's what I think. Yeah, well, oh, boo hoo. Boo hoo. <laughs> I mean, Sad. I've got twice as much money as you do, and <laughs> yeah. I run the world. And, you know. and I get in trouble sometimes now too for when I make comments about how I want to. People say, "What? Any dietary requirements?" And I always say, "I'd like a toy boy naked on a bed of meringue." <laughs> Or, or a bit of lettuce or something. And they go, yeah. you know, that's quite sexist. And I oh, go, you know what? It's our turn. <laughs> I mean, when the rugby was just on, yeah. oh my god! The, like, okay, a Hello. woman must have designed that rugby outfit because their mm. shorts are so short Amazing. and they do so much bending over. Yeah, and I, and they're gorgeous. I just like to lick off every bead of sweat with yeah. my tongue. <laughs> And, and, you know, is that sexist? Well, I don't care. Yeah, they've perved on us for years. Absolutely. I'm quite happy to have a little light perving on the female, for female oh, How comments. dare you have a sex drive or, or, or interested right. in sex, Cathy? What's <laughs> wrong with you? <laughs> I heard uh, that you had a little perv on Prince William recently. Is that true? Well, interestingly enough, when I first came to England, when I first moved here, and people were so condescending to me, because some, some English in the... In the in the literati world, have a condescension chromosome. And they hear the Australian accent and their noses go straight up in the air. I've looked up so many noses, even people shorter than me. <laughs> it's not such a good view. But I realised the other day I finally must have been accepted because I was going to the polo and Clarence House rang me up and said, we can see your name on the guest list. Would you like to present the cups to the princes? So I'm like, yeah, sure. So, they, I mean, they were very... Oh, cups? Listen, they were very low on celebs that day. They were like, Z-low. Not the B-list, the Z-list. But I was standing there, and the princes are there in their jodhpurs, and they're, and they're rather gorgeous. They are. Like. They're strapping young And men. strapping young blokes. And I said to the organiser, what do I do? And he said, you just kiss them on the cheek and present the cup. And I could see Prince William walking towards me. He looked really bored. So I said, apparently I have to kiss you. Do you want tongue? <laughs> and, and Prince William went, oh, perhaps later. <laughs> and, then, and then he went back and told the others and I could see them killing themselves. And then Prince Harry came up and I said, do you want tongue? I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and he picked me up and rode me around. I rode him around the paddock. No, and no. it was so much fun. In his little Hitler uniform. <laughs> and I've got all the little pictures just oh, to no. prove. Oh, amazing. And I think they were so delighted not to be treated like porcelain princes. Yeah, because yeah. Because Australians are so down to earth like that. I mean, we yeah. don't care. Hmm. And I thought, what are they going to do? Put me in the ta- tower? <laughs> Deport yeah. me to Botany Bay? Yes. I hope so. You made him laugh. And I made them laugh. And yeah. it was really... And also, I did feel a bit of a frisson with Harry. Oh. So he's still single. It's time for the Scummy Mummy Confessions. Now, this is what we do every podcast, where we share our stories of parenting failure. Mm. Don't we? So, so oh, Kathy, God. if you can think of some terrible thing from uh, bringing up your children, <laughs> oh, I'm sure it would be difficult. <laughs> our heads already in the hands. Oh. Heads in the hands. There we are. Oh, yes. Um, oh, my should God. I, should I kick us off yeah, to warm up? Ellie. So, uh, today, uh, Kathy, you're very kindly hosting us at your home, and uh, we drove here all the way from South London, and we were a bit early. So, uh, obviously, Helen and I went to McDonald's because that's <laughs> the classy thing to do when you're in it's a North London. Dippers. We were very nice. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and a latte. And uh, we were sitting there, and Joe. Uh, who's 11 months now was he was eyeing up the chips wasn't he, he was, was making a grab but of course I would not be so 
so scummy as to give my child McDonald's chips. Yeah. Uh, so I gave him a little bit of my Big Mac bun instead. <laughs> <laughs> just the top bit with the sesame seed. No, no, no tomato ketchup, no yeah. actual meat. Just a bit of Big Mac you bun. Were, you were a McMummy today. I, uh, most days, let's be honest. Don't don't go in my car. You can't open the back door for Happy Meal toys falling out. Listen, as long as you get your kids to 16 and they're not collecting Nazi memorabilia or on heroin, it. I think you've done your yeah. job. Yeah. Yeah. Almost like Prince Charles let himself down there, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I try. You try to forget all your bad mothering moments. When you just mentioned that, because Joe's here and he's so little, it reminded me of when I had a toddler and a new baby, and I was so exhausted. I know, you know, just goes with the terrain, right? I was coming out in the morning, and I had the baby in the baby seat and a cup of coffee, and I came out. I opened the car, and I put the toddler. The, I put the baby seat on the roof with the coffee cup and then I got into the car and I started driving and I and, and I started I started saying where's my coffee where's my coffee where's my coffee and then I suddenly went but of course your instinct is to slam the brake on but I didn't I just had to go and slowly bring the car to a halt got out and went and there's the baby and the coffee sitting on top of the car and I thought that was my mothering highlight of, of the year. Oh, that's mothering happy, heights. That's, yeah, yes. mothering exactly. heights. I know. I know. Uh, next book title. There you are. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mothering heights. I love that. It's like Kathy. Yeah. Yeah. A third, a third, a third. A third, a third, a third. <laughs> it wasn't so much the mist on the moors, it was the maternal miasma that oh. had just gone, the mist in my brain that oh. comes over oh. the motherfall. Love. Oh. Misogynist, what wasn't it? Misogynist, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, you girls are welcome anytime. Oh, oh thank you very much. And you, I must say, I've never seen a mother so covered in food. <laughs> Jackson Pollock painting. I'm on right brand, here. Kathy. I'm yeah. on brand. Well, thank you very much for listening to the podcast. And this is our, was our 60th, 60th episode, episode. Helen. Yay. So if, if there's anyone who's actually listened to all other 59, my goodness. I don't thank know you. if we should have a badge Thanks, or Mom. something. Oh. Yes. <laughs> thank you so much. And um, if you'd like to see us live, we are doing a Christmas show, aren't we, Helen? We are on the 5th of December at the Amersham Arms in New Cross in London. Mm. I'll be there. Oh, Kathy will be there. And uh, we will have bought her Australian flag <laughs> leggings yes, by yes. then. Yeah. Um, um, do listen to us on scummymummies.com and iTunes and share us with your friends tweet us at scummymummies yes and all the details for the show and a link to buy tickets are at scummymummies.com because they're only £6 if you buy them buy them now otherwise it's £8 on the door oh, God, for God's sake buy, really? bag, buy a bag of chips for that oh, no. and yeah. I can vouch they are really pretty scummy <laughs> <laughs> you can see the mess oh, I thought you were going to say really funny oh, thanks Catherine. I would say you're funny yummy but definitely scrummy. <laughs> In a rugby sense. Um, well, thanks again for being a brilliant guest. My pleasure. It's great thank to you. meet you guys. And thank you Bye for listening. Too. Until Bye next time. Bye. 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 I love you, girls. <laughs> date for the for the shampers at the Savoy oh yes oh, what are you doing at it's 6 o'clock weekend. <laughs> <laughs> just drop the kids off it's yeah, fine, it's yeah. Fine. they've got a crash at the Savoy haven't they, they? <laughs> just leave them with the concierge the toilets. <laughs> actually when I did live in the Savoy yeah. because they have down, downstairs they have the concierges who have to do everything for you yes and I used to send Georgie down she was only 11 to where I couldn't do her math homework I yeah. sent her down <laughs> 
sort you out, darling. She used to say to me, I'm looking for the square root of the hypotenuse. And I'd say, it's lost? Oh, my God. <laughs> and I'd ring the concierge and say, we can't find the square root of the hypotenuse. So they did all of her homework for I'm me. I'm certainly, madam. I'll find it for you right now. Madam, right now. Yeah, it was fantastic. And three macaroons. And one of them's quite cute. So when we are in there, I'll ring down and say, we need you to find something. Our G-spot. Make it snappy. Make it snappy, yeah. I lost my libido. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it was up there somewhere. <laughs> oh, this is going to be the best night out ever. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.